Hey yo, it's the two Jew crew, Robin Youssef. Run your mouth, express yourself. Voicing our concerns and relieving your stress. And yeah, we do this shit for free, but you can pay in respect. Steady dropping knowledge and the issues are fresh. Yeah, the show is live, but we do it to death, most death. You know that no one does it better than us. But don't listen with your kids, cause we're likely to cuss. Weighing in on some dope topics. Lend an ear while we talk our shit. Cause you know we bound to be so profound. Make you think a little when we push it down. Let us do the talking, just relax and unwind. Laugh your ass off, baby, have a good time. Robin Youssef, yeah, we something sublime. Run your mouth, bitch, yo, we out of our minds. Brick up, run your mouth. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Run Your Mouth podcast. It's uh, me, your host, Roberto Bernstein. No Yosef this week. It's uh, I'm, I'm running solo. Haven't spoken to the guy all week, and uh, that's because I haven't spoken to anyone all week. These are these are dangerous times we're living in, people. This is no time to be leaving the house. This is uh, this is the time when us agoraphobic people will uh, will finally prevail. All of our time, you know, not wanting to leave the house, will finally start paying some dividends. And uh, when I say the world's in chaos. It's not just what happened in Charlottesville. There's all sorts of shenanigans going on out in these streets. First and foremost, I think I've spoken about this before. I've been uh, I've been bicycling everywhere. We, we've spoken about it. I'm a little too angry and antsy for the subway, so I've been biking everywhere. The other night, I get home at 2 in the morning, chain up my bike outdoors. I wake up at 9 a.m. I go outside. Someone stole the tires right off my bike. Uh, you got to love New York City. And my tires are not worth anything to anyone but me. I, like, I don't even know what you could possibly resell my shitty bike tires for, but someone someone snagged them right off my bike, and um, I, I don't know if any of you guys have had something uh, stolen from you, but it's a weird feeling, because um, uh, first and foremost, I guess, like, we all you expect the world, the universe, to have some sort of an order to it. It's like this cosmic injustice where you're like, ah, oh, the, the order that I expected has been violated, and then it, there's also this is a weird feeling where it, it, for some reason you feel like the universe owes you some amount of just respect where it's like, hey, that's my stuff. Why are you violating my stuff? There's something embarrassing about, you know, having like a like a chick who cheats on you, having something that's stolen from you. It's like in some way the universe just doesn't respect you. Uh, and so my bike, no tires on my bike anymore. The chain's disheveled. It's still attached to uh, the pole that I had uh um, locked it up to. And so I'm looking at my bike and I was like, I- I'm going to collect this at night. I was like, there- there's something embarrassing about when stuff gets stolen from you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to make a scene out of this. I was like, I'll just pick this up at night so that no one has to know that this happens to me other than me. Um, and then I realized that the, uh, that it like, I-, I was like, if I just leave it here in New York city, who knows, maybe people will start sawing off the, the sign. They'll, they'll see, you know, people start scrapping at the thing, just pulling off every single piece. I was like, I better go collect this. So I look left. I look right. There's no one on the street. I'm like, okay, if I if I take my bike now, I'm not going to have any gawkers. So I go, I start unlocking my bike, and right as I unlock it, some Asian guy comes out of nowhere like, oh, what happened to your bike? You, you can't ride without tire. And it, like, and he was that Asian. And like the whole way to my door, he's just asking me questions. Oh, my God, it was horrible. A van with Japanese tourists started taking pictures of me. That part didn't happen, but, you know. Anyways, all right, here's the next fucked up thing that I saw this week. There were dozens of men busted for having sex at public beaches out in Florida. Um, and uh, I, I think uh, I think the cops did something shitty here. So you look at these pictures. They're a bunch of old, ugly gay dudes. Um, and I have to imagine that if you're out having sex in the middle of the day at a public beach, 
that's probably all that you have in life. I can't imagine you got a lot of good stuff going on that you're resulting to going on Craigslist and finding other fat gay dudes to have sex with at a public beach. So I would think if I was the cops, I would go, all right, I don't want these gay guys having sex at the public beach. They could they could probably find somewhere else to do this. This doesn't need to be done at the public beach. I might arrest one of them. I'd put up a sign that says no fornicating with some weird picture of two big gay guys trying to go at it with like, a, you know, like the, the, the slash through it in the circle. You know, I might put up one posting on Craigslist like, uh, hey there, you deviant bastards. Um, we're, uh, we're a free and open society and, uh, we think, uh, people should have sex with whoever they want to have sex with, just not in public. Just, just don't do this in, on public beaches where there are kids around. Just don't do that. But no, instead of just arresting the first one and letting it be known that, hey guys, don't do this out here, um, they put up, uh, security cameras and they recorded a whole bunch of these people and then they went on a sting and arrested 50 of them. Um, so, you know, they really wanted to bust these guys for, uh, for, for, which I don't understand. I, I, like, I understand wanting to put an end to the activity. I don't understand actually wanting to jail people. That doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, but I was thinking like, um, you know, if these guys like having sex in public, they probably do like having sex in jail. And I really hope that they did that sting operation all in one day and they put them in a group cell. One of the cops came by in the afternoon. He's like, Oh my God, chief, you gotta get down there. There's an orgy in the group cell. This is. Can we, can we get these people out of here? All right, moving on. That's disgusting. Which brings us, of course, to what happened down in Charlottesville. Because, um, you know, there was a ton of gay sex going on down there, too. So, really, this is a, this is a perfect segue, everybody. Um, now, what happened down in Charlottesville was um, really quite frightening and tragic. Um, I You know, I, I was trying to watch some of the footage to kind of get what happened and it was um I don't really get choked up it was it was really fucked up to watch the first thing is that video of a car coming down the hill is one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my life just that someone could have that much hatred to just barrel into a group of it's really scary because I like the the same thing with my bike and the tires getting but you just expect society to operate in a certain way and when you see chaos on of that magnitude um, and that people are capable of it it, I mean it's just it's a startling fact I, I once read this book it was called um uh, what you should really be afear- afraid about. And um, if you're a person with anxiety, um, that's a good book for you. It's basically the world experts um, each writing a two-page article of here's what's actually really scary in the universe that you haven't been thinking about. Like, for example, I think we're at a greater uh, chance of extinction from like a comet than we are of like global warming, but no one really talks about that. So this is an entire book of experts telling you things that you should be scared shitless about that you're not even aware of. Um, so if you're into being really afraid for no reason, I recommend this book. So one of the things that I read in this book for some world expert was they were telling me, um, you know, they, I guess you get afraid like, uh, they're like King Jong-un, he's got a bomb. He could blow up California, dude, blowing up California. That is child's play that, that they're all right. So how many people you got in California? I mean, there are people in California. It sucks to get blown up, but here's the real threat of having a nuclear bomb. If you got just one nuclear bomb, instead of bombing a territory, what you can do is you can bomb um, above the country. Like, um, like instead of hitting the ground with the bomb and having the ground, the bomb explode on the ground, you have it um, explode in the atmosphere right above the country. And if you do that, the electromagnetic pulse from the bomb can wipe out the entire country's electrical grid. And experts predict, this is how fickle society is, experts predict that if you were to wipe out the entire electrical grid of the U.S., us as citizens would kill each other within a month. 
You get that? If there was no means of communication, if there was absolutely zero electricity, there was no radio, there was no, there was nothing. There was no way to get news. There was no way to get information from the government. The, I, maybe I, in that case, maybe even batteries get wiped out at some points. So you can't even have like cops with a megaphone just going, quit looting, get back to your homes. It would become Team Blue versus Team Whatever, and we would just wipe each other out within a month. And I saw that footage of that car barreling into a group of people, and it just kind of, you know... I, you start turning into these us versus them camps, shit starts getting real, it starts getting a little bit scary. But now, I was watching that, and um, my initial thought was, I almost feel, you know, like with school shootings, I, I, got, I have a theory, this is no longer true, because it's already been over-reported, but I almost feel like the media should have just never reported those incidents. Um, the reason being is I almost feel like we've made it a normal thing. Like if you're a disgruntled kid and you're like, well, what, what am I supposed to do? I'm mad all the time. I'm depressed and I hate my peers. Now there's like a thought in the back of your head, like, oh, I'll go shoot up my school. You know what I mean? Like before we reported on that, before it even happened, whose brain would go there? Whose brain would go to, oh, I'm going to go shoot up a school? Now it's almost, it's become a normal thing. It's not that, not that it's normal or that we've normalized it, but we've created that option. It now exists that if you're sitting down and you're trying to figure out what am I supposed to do as a disgruntled youth, society's kind of said, well, this is what the disgruntled youth kid does. He goes to shoot up his school. And I think in some ways just reporting on that and making people aware of that, that like it's even an option, um, has led to more of it. Like prior to reporting on that, I don't even know who would have thought to do that. Like, I think people are, um, I guess there's like a, um, a box in your brain of where your thoughts will go. And I think that reporting on that in some ways has normalized it. Um, so I kind of feel that way about these two groups down in, um, down in Charlottesville. Um, first and foremost, I think if you um, give like uh, if you publicize any cause, for instance, like let's say I went on television tomorrow um, with this podcast. Now, let's say 90 percent of the people who watch this podcast said, wow, this is garbage. I think this guy's an idiot. I, th- I don't think he's funny. I don't see any value to this whatsoever. So let's say 90 percent of the people who watch it feel that way. Well, I still capture 10 percent of the people who watch it. Like, if you give me a large enough platform tomorrow, like, let's say somehow we got this podcast to broadcast inside of every single house in the entire world, right? So, I don't know. Let, let's just, uh, let's let's keep math simple here. So, let's just imagine for a second that there are, um, uh, let's just, I, I, my God, I'm, I'm stuttering just trying to even think of math. That's how bad I am at math. <laughs> so, let's just say we broadcasted this to a million people. And then 90% of those people, 900,000 people said, I fucking hate this Rob Bernstein guy. But then 100,000 people go, I love this program. I'm going to give this guy a dollar so that I could listen to this every single morning. I'm now making $100,000 a day. A day? No, let's say that was a monthly fee. I'm making 100000 So the point is, just broadcasting the fact that something exists is going to attract some people to it. Um, and I think that's true of these two clans of people, of the white nationalists and the... Uh, and the Antifa that um, people want to live for a cause and you, you kind of see the violence. Like even I, I mean, it was, this is fucked up, but I, even I was somewhat sympathetic to the 
um, white nationalists, not their cause in any way, but I was looking at the violence that was being perpetrated on them while they were down there, and I saw kind of what was a failure of the police force, and I almost wanted to, you know, there was a part of my brain watching this, I mean, I'm lazy, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not getting involved in anyone's cause, and certainly not for a bunch of Nazis, but um, I could see why someone would see the way that they were um, really mistreated by the cops, in my opinion, and go, I'm showing up for the next event, I'm going to support this cause, so uh, to some extent, I like just broadcasting these incidents, um, and, uh, like ramping up the magnitude also gives importance to it. Um, and I almost feel like these are two groups of people. Like I've said this before, where I think we have a problem in society where we're catering to the idiots and the assholes. Um, and I actually think that this is probably a very small group of society on both sides. And if two groups of idiots, Nazis and socialists want to, uh, want to, Go have a fight with each other. All right, let the idiots have it out. This has not, like, me, you, 97% of the people who live in this country, this has nothing to do with us. This is the outskirts of society. These are two groups of idiots. Two groups of idiots want to scream and shout at each other and have it out. It's like, all right, this has nothing to do with me. But instead, we're, we're creating this rhetoric of that it's a growing tide on, like, that this is a representation of society and that these are two increasing clans and in numbers. And I don't know that any of that's true. I think if anything, we might be um, like um, giving power to these two groups of people that are actually on the fringe of society and are very irrelevant to our lives. Um, and on that point, uh, there's this really great book that I read um, by Steven Pinker. It's called The Greater Side of um, the Better Angels of Our Nature. And it basically talks about the decreasing violence in the world. Like, um, you, you know, you, you see incidents like this and you think the world's becoming more violent, but then you, you just think about the wars that existed, you know, 100 years ago or the slavery that existed 200 years ago. Um, so the fact that we went from slavery to a couple racists who want to uh, keep a statue, it's quite a different situation in the world. But one of the things that he had a chapter on was the, um, the trajectory of terrorism and why terrorism is so successful. Um, and so the reason for that is he says since 1998, basically annually, you have 2,500 deaths because of terrorism in the world. So globally... 2,500 people since the year um, 19, and about 2,500 a year since 1998 from domestic terrorism. In the U.S., um, so it's basically for the last 38 years, we've had 340 deaths a year because of terrorism. Then you had 9-11, which is a spike for that single year. You have 3,000 deaths in that year. And then since that incident, there's been about 11 a year. Um, I think I'm getting... The date that inaugurated the so-called Age of Terror was 11. I, I might be wrong on the 11 thing. I mean, these numbers are right in front of me. I should have better reading comprehension skills, but I don't. So then, so let's just keep this simple, everybody. On average, in the U.S., we've had 340 deaths a year because of terrorism. Now, let's compare that with other causes of death. So every year, more than 40,000 Americans are killed because of traffic accidents. 20,000 people will die because of falling down. 18,000 people from homicides, 3,000 by drowning, 3,000 by fire, 24,000 from accidental poisoning, 2,500 from complications of 30, 300 from just suffocating in their pillow, on their bed, you're on your bed, you roll over, you suffocate. Um, okay, and now here is the crazy one. In fact, every year but 1995 and 2001, more Americans were killed by lightning, deer, peanut allergies, bee stings, ignition of melting nightwear than by terrorist attacks. And then you think about all the money that we've spent trying to reduce terrorist attacks, and you think about the fact that we're all harassed when we get onto a plane and all the fear that we have of terrorism and how much that's restructured our entire lives, and you realize that is stupid. 
Terrorism is effective because we freak out about it and we have an overhanded response to what's actually not a giant risk to anybody. Um, and so what he explains as being the reason for that is we have a fallacy in risk perception, um, which is people are nervous about risks that are novel, undetectable, delayed in their effects, and per- poorly understood by the science of the day. The second contribu- uh, contributor is dread. People worry about worst-case scenarios, the ones that are uncontrollable, catastrophic, involuntary, and e- inequitable. So in other words, when you get like these uh, these really novel things, it's kind of like people are afraid of... Um, like plane crashes, and I think that's in part because people want to feel we have this thing like in our head where, where like it's a way of feeling important. Like um, you know that the odds of a plane going down are very slim, but it's pretty um, pretty novel way to die. So I think people like um, I don't know maybe that wasn't the uh, the best example for what I was trying to uh, to say here. But the point is, I think what's going on down there is not a real threat to any of us. It's two groups of idiots that are having edit, and we might as well sit back and let the two idiots have edit. Now, with that being said, there's something so, like, there's something really, there are a bunch of just odd things that happen down there. So the first and foremost is I, I never thought I'd sympathize for for a bunch of Nazis. Because <laughs> I'm watching this, and I, I literally felt bad for the people. There's still people. They're standing there. They had a permit to, I, I guess, you know, have this rally or have this um, the, the, the speech that they're going to have. And then they show up, the cops basically revoke their permit and then force them to walk back through the Antifa crowds, which um, were both violent and people were getting like urine thrown at them. They were getting maced. It was pretty horrifying. And I don't know why the cops, the same way that they boxed them into the park and had all these street cleared on the other side of the park, why they couldn't have also separated the Antifa people from the protesters. It seems like the cops were, I don't want to say provoking the violence, but they definitely didn't do their part in restraining the violence. Um, and here's the other thing about it. Um, I mean, this is an odd concept of like free speech for hateful rhetoric. Um, like I, I want to play this video from, uh, Christopher Cantwell, which uh, came out the other day where he was kind of talking about um, talking about the event. So let's give this a quick listen. Be peaceful. I want to be law abiding. OK, that was the whole entire point of this. And I'm watching CNN talk about this as violent white nationalist protests. We have done everything in our power to keep this peaceful. You know, I know we talk a lot of shit on the Internet. Right. But like literally Jason Kessler applied for a permit like months ago for this. Okay, when they yanked our permit, we went to the ACLU and we went to court and we won. We've been coordinating with law enforcement the entire time. Every step of the way, we've tried to do the right thing. And they just won't stop. You know, we have done everything in our power, we have used every peaceful and, and lawful means by which to redress our grievances, and our enemies just will not stop. There's just something very silly about, can't we just peacefully hate people? I just wanted to peacefully go out there and tell people how much I hate them. <laughs> like, I don't know, if you walk around your neighborhood just going, hey, fuck you, you motherfuckers, I fucking hate you, my neighbor, I fucking hate you. It's like, hey, if people start uh, kind of hating you back or if that escalates a little bit, I, I you know, you're not, not entirely at fault. But with that being said, um, I guess we, we do work... As a society, we have rules, and we've, um, if you want to say that there's a purpose of government, it's to enforce kind of what we agree on, and one of the things that we've agreed on is the fact that people have free speech, and so 
Um, as silly as it is, I guess, as long as their free speech isn't a rally of, hey, let's go be violent towards this group of people, um, I guess there is something to be said for allowing people to share their ideas. Now, first and foremost, I, I, I'm reading this book on um, negotiating strategies because I work in sale and um, I'm finding that a lot in my current sales, there's a lot of, um, it's not so much negotiation. I'm just finding people are haggling, haggling with me a lot. So I'm trying to kind of further my skill set of not just folding and being like, nervous for the sale and just going, sure, sure. Yeah. 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 I'll pay you. No worries. Yeah. yeah I'll pay you for the advertising. That, that works. That, that's what you guys wanted. Sure. I'll do that. Um, so I'm, I've been reading up on some negotiating strategies and one of them is letting off steam that if someone is like upset with your product or like they come into a meeting and they're upset, just sit back and just let them talk. And sometimes people just let off some steam and then you can move forward. So if you got a disgruntled group of society that really wants to get out there and say, hey, this is why we're upset. Now, I think that their ideas for being upset are stupid, but I think, I guess, stifling their desire to want to express that, I don't know that that's helpful in any way. Um, the other thing is Google just got rid of, uh, I think it was Christopher Cantwell's website or it was someone's website that was involved um, in what was going on down there. And that's a much scarier thought to me than... Um, than people, than these people rallying folks to their cause. Because so I think at the end of the at the end of the day, I think these people's ideas are stupid, and so they're only going to be able to attract so many people to their cause. Um, and I prefer the idea of um, you know any idea being able to be on the internet, people being able to express themselves, and that um, freedom, and that you know good good ideas they rise to the top. There's a free market for ideas, so these people are putting out stupidity. But I don't think they're going to attract a lot of people to stupidity. I do, however, think that Google and the government could start shutting down websites that will express concerns with the Federal Reserve because that's against the power structure in this country. And that's a much scarier thought. Um, so I, I guess the idea is, in my opinion, there is an importance to free speech if people are not expressing it. I mean, it's so silly. In this case, it's I, I guess it's a bunch of Nazis calling for I mean, I don't really know what they were down there trying to um to accomplish but i do think the idea of free speech is important i gotta get a little more thought to this um write in robsnewsroom at gmail.com how do we feel about free speech uh being extended as far as to people with hateful or um divisive rhetoric okay now i do however think that there's something that these white nationalists should be thanked for um and that's that they've all given us someone to feel superior to because they're out there. I mean, like, who would have thought that in 2017 I could feel, like, proud of myself for not being a racist? <laughs> it's such a stupid concept. Like, you're better than these people because you're white and they're not. Like, wh wh what does that mean? Like, it, there's something. It, it's it's the ultimate in stupidity. Like, hey, I'm, I'm superior. Well, if you're superior, you usually have to do something to prove that. Like, if I walked outside tomorrow and said, hey, I'm the sexiest man alive. And then not a single person wanted to have sex with me. Well, I'm not the sexiest man alive. So it's like, we're superior. So go fucking do something. Go prove it. Like, you think you're just inherently, like, you're like, uh, you're chosen by God because you're white and people should just give you something. Like, we should just respect the, respect you more that because, like, why? Who, 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 who thinks this way? I don't know. I don't get it. It's people, people, uh, people wanting something for nothing. Just like, go go earn it. And I also, I still just say it, just give these people racist USA. 
It's like, I don't want to live with racist. I, I can't imagine, like, who wants to live with these people? If these people, like, really want to be alone... Go do it. I don't think they're they're gonna be better off for it. Okay, I had a couple more uh, a couple more thoughts from uh, from what I saw down there, and then we'll move on. Um, of course, Trump he got into a lot of trouble for saying there were some very fine people at the rally, but if you take into consideration of what he describes as being great and wonderful, I mean, fine is basically an insult, um, which of course is stupid because I mean he calls out people for being horrible all the time. Um, which really does make you wonder why he's supporting these people. I think he's right when he said there was, you know, there was problems on both sides because I think Antifa is actually the worst of the two groups. I, I think the white nationalists went down there hoping to, um, you know, I, I guess have speeches. They're like, hey, we want to have some speeches. And then the Antifa people went down there and said, we want to have violence to make sure that these people can't have speeches, which to me is a lot worse. They actually went there. Um, they started the violence. Whoever, you know, whoever throws the first punch is at fault. It's all it's all words until that happens. And with that said, dude, this was a fucked up sight. I saw the Antifa people, like I said, like they were marching in and they just had women like in the front line of them with these helmets and like, um, um, and and uh, shields, that was uh, that was uh, pretty fucked up. So in conclusion, I'm kind of a lazy person, and I feel like as a lazy person, I'm pretty good at gauging what isn't isn't important, what you really need to like um, pay attention to. And the narrative here is that like with Trump's victory, um, racists feel like they have a win with Trump in the White House, and now white nationalism is increasing at alarming rates. Um, and until I can see some actual numbers. I think like uh, being afraid of this is um, is stupidity. I think these are idiots on the fringe of society, and we should um you know we shouldn't keep people from being idiots or mold society around idiots. They're idiots. Um, and on that point, um, I don't know. I felt like I had something else to say on that point, but I don't think I do. Okay, hopefully we're gonna have Yussel back in studio next week. We'll be at it with here with the news. Uh, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Oh, by the way, I, I, <laughs> I want to make clear, I don't support the cause of these white nationalists, but I do think that the cops, um, the cops fucked up. The, the cops really fucked up. Like, the, the, those people are still human beings. If they had a permit to come down and express their ideas, you have, uh, I, I think the, the state has an obligation to actually, um, enforce their right to free speech. Um, I also think Antifa's dead wrong in going down there looking for violence, um, and I think what happened down there is, um, is tragic and that's it. We're done. Later dudes. Run your mouth, bitch. Yo, we out of our minds. Run your mouth.